Hey, everybody. Welcome to another segment of Helpline, where I answer your questions on the podcast. If you want to submit your question, go to the show notes or the link on my Instagram bio and submit your voicemail. Today's question is from Ivy, and it's about finding her boyfriend on a dating app. Uh, Hi, my name is Ivy. I'm calling from Los Angeles. Um, About five months ago, I caught my partner of two years on dating apps and meeting up with other women. Um, He begged me to give him another chance, and I agreed but had some stipulations. Um, He's not really met any of those stipulations after five months and has just basically said that I need to give him a clean slate. Um, It's really not easy for me to do that considering um everything i found out i'm just i guess my question is like can somebody who habitually lies ever truly change in your opinion and if so what might they have to do to fully make that change thank you so much hey ivy thank you for your question and i'm really sorry you're going through this This sounds like a really hard and challenging situation. I would personally really struggle with catching my partner on a dating app and meeting up with people, right? Uh, To a certain degree, this kind of feels like cheating. It really depends what the agreements that you have in your relationships are, of course. But, you know, dating apps is what people use to meet other people to have some sort of relationship with, whether it's casual or sexual or long-term romantic, uh, long distance, whatever. You know, we're not using dating apps to meet friends for the most part. So this to me feels like cheating to a certain degree. Um, And if they're just hanging out, I want to know like, what is he getting out of this? Is it a thrill? Is it for a distraction? Is it to meet another person? Right? So what's interesting here is that you have come up with stipulations, and I, of course, don't know what those are. Um, And according to you, your partner is not willing to meet those. And instead of meeting your stipulations, he's just asked for a clean slate, which is a bold strategy, um, not one that I would employ. I think if I was in a relationship and I was caught on a dating app and I wanted to stay in that relationship and my partner had stipulations of what I could do to rebuild trust, then I would do those things. That's Those are the terms that have been put upon. As long as they're not like unreasonable. And it's really hard to define what is reasonable, right? Sort of one of the ways I look at it is if you told a bunch of people what your expectation was, would most of those people be willing to abide by that expectation, right? So that would make it reasonable. If seven out of 10 people said, no, I would never do that, then maybe it's unreasonable or unworkable. So, you know, rupture, or conflict or damage in a relationship needs to be repaired. Well, conflict doesn't need to be repaired, but damage, right? Hurt 
needs to be repaired. So my question is, what are they doing to make it better? Other than just asking for a clean slate, because to me, that's not enough. It's not enough to say, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Right? In 12-step recovery, they teach you how to make amends, not how to apologize. We've been apologizing our whole life, right? You do something wrong, your mom yells at you, you apologize. And after a while, some people are just sort of kind of tired of hearing us apologize. What they want, and what I think you want, Ivy, is for him to make amends. And the amend process is to recognize what you have done wrong, to hear out the other person, the grieved the, the grieving party, hear them out as to what you've done wrong, and then find a way to make it better. Right? That's the amend process. I'm going to amend this behavior by doing what I need to do to make it better according to you. And it doesn't sound like he wants to do that. Right? So there needs to be repair. There can't just be, I messed up, I'm sorry, Give me another chance. There needs to be more than that in order to continue building a solid relationship. And here's the reality is that your trust was broken, right? You had trust in your partner that they wouldn't be on a dating app and meeting up with other people, right? And that trust was broken. So they need to do what you want them to do as long as it's reasonable to make it better. So that you can start to earn, so they can start to earn your trust back. And that's not just automatic, right? You don't just, someone doesn't betray you and then you go and they apologize and you go, okay, everything's fine. No, it's going to take a while, right? And maybe in this situation, it's less painful than if you found out that they were actually in a sexual relationship with somebody else behind your back. Uh, maybe it's easier to come back from that. I'm still curious to know why people in relationships are on dating apps if they're not there to be in a relationship. It just feels weird. Um, but what are they doing to make it better? Right. And your question was, do people change? Can a chronic liar, can a habitual liar change? And sure, anyone can change, you know, can a daily alcoholic stop drinking? Yeah. Can they do it on their own? Usually not. You know, it's going to require therapy. It's going to require a 12-step program. It's going to require support. It's going to require owning your position in life, right? So, can a, chron- can a chronic liar change? Maybe. But there needs to be some steps and some accountability around that change. right? I would have a hard time believing a chronic liar if they said, you know what, baby, you're right. I won't do it again. Well, your track record indicates otherwise. So I'm going to need more than your word because your word right now isn't really worth that much. Sam Harris is a philosopher, meditator, new atheist, and wrote a book called Lying. 
And in the book, he posits that lying in any way, shape, or form degrades the fabric of a relationship. Now, that doesn't mean say everything all the time. You're allowed to keep parts of your life private, but lying is bad for a relationship. Right? So what are they going to do? Are they willing to go to couples therapy with you to make this right and pay for it because it's not accessible to everybody? Are they willing to show you that they don't have a dating app? Are they willing to show you their text messages? I'm not a big fan of like having access to somebody else's phone, but I've also never really been in a relationship with anyone who's ever lied to me. I don't think I've ever also been cheated on that I know of. I'm also really, really, really selective about who I let into my life. And I'm not saying you're not, but I just, I'm saying that because I don't have a lot of experience with cheating and lying in my life, personally. I, except for Jennifer, the first girlfriend I ever had when I was like 16. Not even a girlfriend. Can't call her a girlfriend. I thought she was my girlfriend, but I was definitely not her boyfriend. She was a bad influence on me. Um, but I take responsibility for that. It was also really fun. So um, I'm pretty sure she was sleeping with other people while we were in a relationship. But you have to repair, right? If you messed up and you hurt your partner and that partner is important to you, then you need to repair whatever that looks like for them, if it's reasonable. And I don't really know what is gonna, what, what's it going to take for, for him to start earning your trust back. I guess that's, that's where you come in, right? That's, that's where you insist on the stipulations and say, look, this is really important to me. This is how you can start earning my trust back because that trust was broken. And if this is not something that you're willing to do, then I might have to do what I need to do to take care of myself and remove myself from this relationship. And that is not an ultimatum. That is a boundary, right? That's you saying it's important to me that you fix this. It's also important to me that you don't lie to me. It's also important to me that you don't meet up with other women or use dating apps while we're in a relationship because this is an exclusive monogamous relationship if that's the agreement that you have. This is not an ultimatum. This isn't like fix this or I'm out. That's an ultimatum, right? That has a, a whole different tone and color. Boundary conversation with a consequence is look, it's important to me that you fix this. It's important to me that you don't use dating apps. And it's important to me that um, we figure this out together and that you do what needs to be done to repair this. And if you don't, I understand. I don't want you to do anything that you don't want to do. And I, I'm going to remove myself from the situation so that I can take care of myself. That's a boundary with a consequence, right? It's more loving. It's more understanding. It's freer. It allows them to not do what you want them to do, right? There's freedom. Ultimatums is usually a way to control or manipulate someone into doing what you want them to do. And I think lastly, I get a lot of questions about you know, he's this way, she's this way, they're this way. Can they change? And sure, 
if the relationship is important enough and the risk of losing you is is high enough and they are the kind of person that is self-aware that is willing to put their ego aside that is empathetic and considerate then yeah sure if they're loving and caring and respectful and they care for you then sure they can make adjustments but if they're a chronic whatever there's a good chance that you expecting them to change is setting yourself up for disappointment. Right? If someone is a habitual pot smoker, you dating them with the hopes that they will eventually stop smoking pot is not a winning strategy. Probably better to just accept the fact that they're a habitual pot smoker or a philanderer or a chronic liar. And know that that's what you're signing up for, right? For the most part, what you see is what you get when it comes to people. That's why people say, don't fall in love with potential, right? You see a work in progress, you see a project and you go, man, this project's like 70% there. And I can help them get to 90 or 100 Or what if that never happens? What if they just stay at 70? Because that's who they are. When I see people, I see them just as they are. Not the I don't see the future better version of them. I know that exists. But I don't fall in love with that and I don't try to help them get there. That's not my job. I'm not a teacher. I mean, I'm a teacher. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a teacher in my personal relationships. Right? So what you see is what you get. For the most part, you know, it's better to accept people as they are than it is to hope for change and to push for change. Also, have you ever had anybody want you to change when you didn't want to change? That is so annoying and frustrating. It doesn't really want to make you be in a relationship with them. So I don't really know how to move forward with this situation. Um, I wish you had a partner that was able to make amends for what they've done and to atone and to make corrections, course corrections in their behavior so that you can stay in relationship. That's what I hope for everybody, really. That you have a caring partner that is not perfect, that will make mistakes, that will hurt you because that's what we do. We're just bumbling around practicing on each other and learning because we didn't get any relationship education. No communication, education, very little to none or to no sexual education. No education around how to hold people's emotions, how to hold space, how to be loving, kind, and gentle and respectful. Zero. I didn't get it. I create the kind of stuff that I wish I had gotten earlier or, the wish, or that I need to be reminded of today. So good luck. And have a beautiful week. <laughs>